0: Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous
1: program, I was talking about the differences between the broken branches and those branches that were grafted into Jesus. I was speaking about this in Romans chapter 11, between verses 17 and 19, where it says, But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive, were grafted in among them, and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches, but if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you." You will say then branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. And then in verse 20, quite right, they were broken off for their unbelief. But you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. Now, in the previous program, I was explaining that in many cases today, what people are doing is they are looking at the nation of Israel. They're looking at the rabbis. They are looking at the synagogues, the Jews, as if. They are the branches that are attached to the vine, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus. But these were branches who were broken off. They are broken off because they do not believe in Jesus. They do not embrace Jesus as their Messiah. Now, there's been a new group of people that have evolved recently, and this group of people is normally referred to as the messianics something to that effect, something similar to that, that there is a new group of people who have evolved recently that are people who have taken modern rabbinical theology and have adopted practices from the Reformed synagogues of today. They have taken those things, they've put them together, and they've put Jesus in there, and they have created this messianic movement of some kind, and people are now looking to them as if they are the branches of the vine of the Lord Jesus. And I really don't believe that. I don't believe that because what they believe, for the most part, in my experience, what most of these groups believe is that we are to live according to works. We are to live trying to live in obedience to God's commandments so that we will be blessed in return. And the reason why I say that is because I've asked. I've gone, I've been a part of many Messianic congregations throughout the world, and I have asked them, what do you really believe? What do you hope to gain by what you are doing? What do you hope to gain by the ceremonies that you are engaged in, by the worship style that you have adopted? What do you hope to gain by the clothing that you wear and the way that you cut your hair? What do you hope to gain by trying to live in obedience to some of the commandments, at least? What is your goal? What do you hope to accomplish? And that's what people tell me. They tell me they do it so that they will be able to be blessed by God, or they believe that the closer they are to rabbinical Judaism, then the closer they will be to Jesus, because Jesus was a Jew, he lived like a Jew, and so if we live like a Jew, and we can try to be a Jew, then we can be closer to God, because Jesus was closer to God, and we'll be closer to God if we're like Jesus, this kind of stuff. People believe these kinds of things, you know. I personally have been offended by a lot of these people. I have. I have been offended by a lot. Now, of course, not all. And I know some Messianic synagogues that don't subscribe to what I'm describing right now. I know lots of exceptions. And so please don't assume that I'm just simply saying this about everyone. But I have known a lot of people who have been more offensive than anything, and I'll tell you why. The reason why is because what they are advertising, what they are suggesting that they are, what they are suggesting that they do, they really believe that it's something, and honestly, I just don't see it as being anything. I grew up in the synagogue. I was well-discipled by some very good rabbis, some bad ones as well, but I was definitely a part of the real synagogues, the real thing, the real Judaism, and what I see happening in a lot of these places, in a lot of these congregations that people build and construct to advertise something that isn't real. What I see is nothing more than an imitation, an imitation, a copy of something that's dead, something that has no life in it at all. I've been in the synagogues. I've been under the rabbis. I've studied the law. I learned the language. I know Judaism, and I know it well enough to say it with conviction that I know what I'm talking about. And I can tell you that what I see as an imitation of that which is dead is definitely less than that which is dead. I would rather be in a synagogue. ...than to be in some of these messianic kinds of places because to me they are offensive, they are less than an imitation where people are trying to pretend to be something that they're not, that they never were and they never will be. And they do this under the guise or under the impression that they are the real branches that are truly grafted in the vine and they don't know Jesus from anyone... They don't know the Jesus that I know because I know a Jesus of a whole different covenant of something entirely different. And what they are attempting to graft themselves into was what I came out of. They're trying to graft themselves into the broken branches instead of into the true vine. I have conviction about this because I know the difference. I know the difference between a real synagogue, a real dead experience with the living God according to the rabbis, according to Judaism. I know how dead it is without the life of God through the true Messiah. And what I see in these imitations is worse than that. There is something entirely different that has nothing to do with these things at all. You, if you have been saved, if you have been resurrected, if you Believe the gospel, and you are a child of God. If you are a new creation, then listen to me very carefully. There is no Jew. There is no Gentile in the kingdom of heaven. There is no such thing. There is Jesus. He is the Messiah. He has set us free from the law. He has set us free from the bondage of living a life according to works of living a life according to repentance and obedience. He has set us free from that so that you can live a completely different life, a life that has nothing to do with those things at all. You have been grafted in to a vine, and this vine has nothing to do with the law. Absolutely nothing. Except for the lost. Except for the value of seeing how he accomplished salvation. Except for the value of seeing the character of God. There are many things that it is good for, but what people are using it for, that's not it. it has nothing to do with those things at all. Nothing whatsoever. You are a new creation. You are not a Jew. You are not a Gentile. You have been grafted in to the true vine, the real vine, that the Jews were never, ever a part of. Some of the people of Israel throughout the course of history were a part of this, but they were a part of the true vine by faith, just like we are by faith. Abraham believed God. That was his righteousness. Elijah believed God. That was his righteousness. Abraham spoke with God as a friend without the law. Abraham was a friend of God. Moses was a friend of God without the law. You are a friend of God without the law, but people are trying to embrace the law. Why? Because they want to be blessed. Well, I'm blessed. I'm already blessed. I am the recipient of of every blessing in heavenly places. Which ones do you suppose he left out? Did he leave any out? No. If you have been resurrected by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, you are the recipients of all blessings in heavenly places. You have everything you need for life and godliness. And if you don't know this, then you are an easy target. You are an easy victim, an easy victim of people like this. People who believe that by what you do, what you wear, where you go, how you pray, that that has something to do with anything. It is absolutely nothing. It is a total, absolute fantasy. It is not real. There is nothing real at all. It is nothing more than something that people participate in because they're looking for a new experience. They're looking for an opportunity to be blessed by God. And the only reason why they would be pursuing that is because they do not know of the blessings they already have. And my friend, you have received everything you need for life and godliness. There is a new relationship that he has made available for us that has always existed in some ways for Abraham, for Moses, but today it is totally different. You may know the things of God because the Spirit of God dwells within you. And then what are people thinking about? Well, how am I going to dress on Saturday and where am I going to go? This kind of stuff. Where do I participate in this festival or that festival? I love it when people call me and ask me, where do I go and participate in this festival? And I have to say, well, why are you calling me? Aren't you somebody who knows the law? Don't you proclaim that you know the law? Don't you say that you live in obedience to the law? But by asking me that kind of a question, you have just told me that you know less than nothing. You don't even know nothing, because what you think you know isn't even real at all. The law says exactly where you go. You go to Jerusalem, that's where you go. There are a lot of people who pretend to be one thing, and they're nothing. Now listen to me very carefully. The Jews during the time when Jesus came were a part of the nation of Israel. They were the remnant of Israel. Some of them believed in Jesus, others did not. Those who did not were broken branches. They were broken off. And those who did, they were grafted into the vine. They were grafted into the true vine in a certain sense. Now, please understand that being broken off did not mean that they were saved and then they were lost. It didn't mean that. It did not mean that the broken branches were once saved and then they were lost. It meant that they were broken branches in the sense that they did not follow through with what God was leading the people to. He led them to the point of the Messiah, and they failed to enter into salvation. And so they were broken off in the sense that because things changed, because the new covenant went into effect, they were broken off of God. They were broken off of Jesus. They were no longer a part of what God was doing. Before the cross, the old covenant was in effect, and yes, they were a part of that. But after the cross, the new covenant went into effect, and they never entered into it, so they were broken off of the path. They were broken off of the task. They were broken off of the accomplishment that God was making, that he was doing through the Messiah. The Gentiles technically were no different than the Jews. Were they broken off? Not really, because they were not led like the Jews were. And so they were branches that were never attached to anything. The Jews were never attached to salvation, but they were attached to something. They were attached to something that would lead them to salvation. So when these branches were broken off, they were branches that were being led to something and they refused to enter into it. Do not try to be grafted in to those broken branches. Do not do that. Do not pursue that. There is nothing there. There is some entertaining stuff. I can appreciate that. I enjoy the culture. I enjoy the music. I enjoy the language. I don't have a problem with those things. I can appreciate some things with respect to the lifestyle. I understand that, but that is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about faith and belief and trust. That's what I'm talking about. Something entirely different that they never enter into at all. When it comes to knowing your God, there is nothing there. Now, beginning in Romans chapter 11, verse 20, quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief. But you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. Now, again, they were not broken off of salvation. They had never entered into salvation. They were broken off of the path. They were broken off of the opportunity. But they were never broken off of salvation. They never lost anything because they never had anything to lose. Now, you stand by your faith. That's right. If they were to stand, if they were to be grafted into the vine, it would only be by their faith, just like you were grafted into the vine by faith. So also they needed to be brought in to the vine by faith. They were branches that were never attached to this vine. They were broken off in a different sense, and they need to come in by faith as well. Do not be conceited, but fear. In verse 21, for if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Now, does that mean that you are going to lose your salvation? Absolutely not. Look at the example. They were broken off, right? But they were not broken off of salvation, So also you, if you are broken off, you're not going to be broken off of salvation. You're going to be broken off because you did not have faith just as they didn't have faith. That's the point. Do not be conceited. My friend, if you're conceited about this, if you are going to boast about this and compare yourself with somebody else, then you have no idea what you have entered into. You have no idea what salvation is. It has to do with his mercy. Not your pride. It has to do with his grace, not your works. The only way, the only way a person can be conceited about their salvation is if they think they had something to do with it. Is if it has something to do with their works. And if that's the case, then this is not an individual who is truly saved. Do not be conceited, because if you are, chances are, you're not saved. And if you're not saved, Then you're going to be broken off in the sense that you were never saved to begin with. So again, in verse 20, quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Well, maybe you don't really have faith. Do not be conceited. If you are conceited, you don't. But fear... Fear if you are conceited, for if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. If you are conceited in your salvation, when comparing yourself with others, chances are you don't really have salvation. And so you're going to be broken off in the same way that they were broken off. They were broken off without being saved. You're going to be broken off because you're not saved either. In verse 22, "...behold then the kindness and severity of God." to those who fell, severity, but to you, God's kindness. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. All right, now listen. What makes it possible for you to be saved? His kindness does. His kindness is what makes it possible for you to be saved. If you will receive the message of his kindness and acknowledge that he is kind to you, that he is gracious to you, and you will embrace that truth and trust in that truth, then you will continue with that kindness to the point of receiving the free gift of eternal life. And when you receive that, you have that. You are saved. You are resurrected. So you must continue in his kindness until the point of salvation. Now, at that point... Does that mean you're going to stop and you're not going to walk in his kindness anymore? Absolutely not. No. But people do need to walk in his kindness to the point of being saved. You know people. I'm sure you know people. You've got to know people. There's a lot of people out there who believe this kind of thing. And so you must know somebody who believes this. And that is that Jesus loves them. People believe that Jesus loves them, right? They believe that God is gracious. But do they know him? Are they saved? You know people who aren't saved who believe that jesus loves them you ask them does jesus love you they say yes of course he does is he kind to you of course he is is he gracious to you of course he is do you know anything about him no not really i don't know him do you want to know anything about him no i don't have any interest in him at all you know people like that you've got to know people like that i know a lot of people like that lots of people so there's got to be somebody in your life so why would it be so difficult to consider that somebody would begin in a knowledge of his kindness and not follow through with that all the way to the point of salvation. That is when you are saved. That is when you are truly grafted in the vine. Otherwise, you're going to be cut off in the same way that the Jews were. And how were they cut off? They were cut off before they were grafted into the true vine. They were cut off before they were saved. That was when they were cut off. So don't be confused by this phrase, cut off. It's very easy to be confused by it, because people assume that the only way you can be cut off is if you are saved first and then you get cut off. No, it wasn't like that with the Jews. Why would you think it would be like that with the Gentiles? He's talking about people who have the opportunity to be saved and they reject the salvation that is offered to them. That's what it means to be cut off in this context. And being grafted in and being bound to the true vine means that you are saved. And if you continue in the kindness that is revealed to you, in the graciousness that is revealed to you, if you will continue in that, it will lead you to the point of salvation, and then you can be saved. In verse 23, and they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For him to say that God is able to graft them in again does not mean that they were once saved, then they were lost, and then they can be saved again. It doesn't mean that. It means that they had the opportunity for salvation because they were a part of something, They were broken off entirely because they rejected the salvation that was offered, and they have an opportunity to be grafted into God again. But in this case, the grafting in is not to the same location that they were broken off of. It's into another location, into the true vine of the Messiah. So they're being grafted in is truly that. It is not being grafted into the same place that they were broken off of. you got to recognize that they were broken off. They are now a dead branch and they need to be resurrected. And that's only possible by putting them into something entirely different that they were never in to begin with. Just as the Gentiles are placed into something that they were never in to begin with. Everyone must be grafted in. And when you are grafted in, you are grafted into something that you never came from, that you were never on. They, the Jews, could be grafted in if they did not continue in their unbelief. If they would finally believe the gospel, then for the first time they could be grafted in to the Messiah. And when a person believes the gospel, they never fall away. You don't fall away from something like this, not when you really embrace it, not when you really believe it. I have known no one. I have never known anyone who has fallen away, who has been cut off, who has left their salvation. I've never known anyone. And this is why I can say that, because of those who I have known, who claimed that they were once a believer and then abandoned the faith, I ask them, I always ask them, what was the gospel that you believed? And they always tell me a gospel that is not the gospel. What did they fall away from? What were they broken off of? They fell away from something that wasn't real. They were broken off of something that wasn't real. They were not broken off of the vine of Jesus. They were broken off of some other religion of some kind that somebody created out of their own fantasy or imagination. Just as the Jews had created their own religion that was separate from the Mosaic law. By the time Jesus came, what they had was so different from the true Mosaic law that there was a clear distinction between what the Pharisees taught and what Jesus taught. Jesus came to teach the law. He taught Moses. The Pharisees were not teaching Moses. They were not teaching the law. They were teaching something that they had created on top of it. So also today, when people abandon the faith, they abandon something that somebody else created on top of something that seems to be the true faith. That's the point. Just because somebody abandons the faith doesn't mean that they lost their salvation. In my experience, when talking with people who have abandoned the faith, when I question them, what they abandoned was not the true faith. They should have abandoned that. They should have let go of that. And I make every effort to tell people who I talk to about this. I make every effort to tell them that if I was them, I would have made the same decisions, the same choices. My friend, if you're listening to me right now on this radio station, if you're listening to me and you have abandoned religion and you don't identify yourself as a Christian, there might be some good reasons for that. Good reasons. And I'm with you. I am with you. I understand. But don't stop there. Don't let them have the victory. Don't let them have the victory in this. You continue to pursue a knowledge of the true and living God. The day will come if you will do this. The day will come when you will know the gospel. You will believe the true gospel. And when you do, you will never turn away. When you know the true and living God, and you know the differences between a life of being lost and a life of being saved, when you know the differences between being dead and alive, you cannot turn away. You cannot turn back. There is no way to do that. It's just not possible. How? How could I ever turn back to my life before I knew the Lord? I would never do that. Ever. There is no way. I can't do it. I just can't do it. There's no way. I know the differences and I cannot turn away from my God. And one day, if you will pursue him for who he is and you grow to know something about him, you will have that conviction as well. There is no way to be cut off from him. In verse 24, for if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? Now, please consider this. In Judaism, in the law, there is a foundation that is established. And those who have lived in that, who have experienced that, who have truly lived according to Moses, not according to the rabbis, not according to the traditions, not according to the ceremonies or the lifestyles that people have embraced as a substitute for the law. For those who really know the law, when the day comes that they embrace their Messiah for who he is, there is a difference between somebody who did not know the law and those who did. There is a difference. And yes, the natural branches can graft in to the true Messiah in a different way than the unnatural branches can graft into the Messiah. But they will both know the true God, and he will reveal himself to them. And when you see that there is no Jew and there is no Gentile in the new covenant, then together we are brethren. And I will continue with this in the next program
0: you've been listening to the broadcast outreach of living god ministries you can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net